Welcome to episode 21 of the All Car Leasing Podcast, All Car Radio, the UK's undisputed champion of car leasing podcast. So uh, the topic of today's podcast is going to be how to get your car out if it's stuck in the snow this winter. Uh, obviously, there is a blog post on the website on this, so if you've already read the blog post from our website, then this podcast probably isn't going to tell you anything new. But obviously, the normal features of the podcast will still be present with our uh, listener Q&A, uh, Chris's deals that you need to check out right now, and some of our latest customer reviews on the vehicles. Uh, before I begin to the podcast properly, I just wanted to remind everyone that our um, Black Friday deal is still on and still on until midnight on Monday, where uh, if you uh, send us your application for a new lease, you will get the administration fee worth £240 free up until then. This is a huge saving, especially if you were looking for a car anywhere in the holiday season. Obviously, that 250 quid could go towards Christmas presents, um, food shop, whatever you want. So it is a massive saving, limited time only. So if you are looking to get a car, now really is the best time before, obviously, Christmas. And we close towards the end of Christmas. But anyway, let's begin with our feature. So every winter, and sometimes even autumn and spring in the UK, there's a chance that all the roads are going to be coated with a layer of snow, which does cause carnage. Uh, up and down the country, probably more more so in the north and especially in Scotland and, uh, you know, the colder areas of the UK. Uh, and those travelling in their own car uh, to work every day or even just to, just to do some shopping, it causes a lot of stress for absolutely pretty much everyone. Um, and we've written a, written a few articles on winter car care um, so far on the blog and we've, we've podcasted a couple of them as well. So this one we wanted to help... Um, Spread a bit of advice on what what should you do if you do end up being stuck in the snow um, this winter. Um, so obviously the best place to start is to prepare uh, for problems in the first place. If your car is already stuck, then you can probably skip this bit by a couple of minutes. Um, but if not, drive on. Fail to prepare and prepare to fail is a quote that seems apt for attempting to even drive in the snow uh, with your car. Driving in the snow is something that should be avoided if at all possible as the dangers far outweigh the benefits. Um, And this probably is something that a lot of people maybe don't take that seriously because of the fear of being late for work or maybe, you know, by quite a bit. And the risk of obviously having a disciplinary um, see in their heads is probably worse than the prospect of crashing your car. But you just don't know how bad the accident is going to be if you do end up driving in the snow and, ha- and have an accident. Obviously, if you ended up in being in hospital or your passengers being in hospital, that's a lot worse than being scolded by, obviously, your boss or the owner of the company or something like that. The best thing to do if you know um, there's going to be some problems or you live in an area where there are a lot of problems surface when there is even the slightest bit of snow is to check the forecasts well in advance. Uh, wake up early um, the morning of... Um, the, the, the chance of snow to give you a bit of a chance to plan your route and set off early because obviously driving slowly uh, if you set off early is an option but if you absolutely must drive in these conditions then here are some tips to prepare um, to, to make life easier if there is snow on the roads so purchasing fit winter tyres can't be understated how important this is winter tyres have um, sort of the, the tread that is enables the 
more traction for your vehicle and traction is absolutely the key point of driving in the snow so traction is obviously how gripped the tire is to the road when there's snow it creates a barrier in between the rubber and the asphalt that's what causes the slipping and the problems winter tires are built to absorb be able to absorb more slush and snow spread them out as you're driving and increase the traction obviously having a set of winter tires that only gets used maybe three months of the year if even that is expensive so i'm not going to sit here on this podcast now and say oh you just you just get 100 quid tires problem solved a lot of people don't have that amount of money but it is a viable option and it helps tremendously plus a pair of winter tires that only get worn a few months in a year can actually be put aside when you're done so after winter's done you can take them off put in your garage and whip them out uh, the next next season that absolutely can be done um, next one is pack warm blankets in case you become stranded on the drive obviously leaving your car on um, if you're low on fuel isn't ideal but if you've got some warm blankets and you are stranded and you're just waiting for the recovery they can make a big difference and this is especially important if you've got small children in the car um, attach snow chains to the wheels for better traction and reduce the spin obviously snow chains is something that probably synonymous with ice truck drivers program maybe a bit of a in, in north america where they've got you know in, in canada and stuff like that where it's a bit more prevalent but winter you can still get chains in the uk uh, it's a bit ott for roads that are probably you know slush is your biggest problem and the snow isn't that deep but if you live in scotland winter chains a uh, snow chain sorry is probably another viable option chains winter tires on top you know your traction could increase double maybe even more uh, pack food and drinks um goes uh, alongside the the warm blankets if you're stranded and you're hungry food and drink can be um an absolute lifesaver and, and this is especially true if you've got young children especially babies so pack extra formula um for your baby if they need uh, if you if they need nutrition that way um snacks for the kids to keep them going and obviously food for yourself um obviously cold sandwiches something like that is is um ideal don't pack any microwavable stuff unless you've got a really modern car that has got a built-in microwave but i'm not even sure that exists i even look into that after this podcast Pack portable chargers to ensure you've got a working phone and services. Um, so if you've got a particularly long journey, um, um, a portable charger is a lifesaver, especially you may really need your phone to call the recovery. Um, a lot of cars these days um, have USB ports to charge them in, but still pop, but they drain from the battery. So portable chargers, I would recommend having in your car all year round anyway, but especially important uh, when it's snow and ice out there. Uh, plan a route which avoids isolated and remote roads and frequently passes services and busy roads is uh, a, a key tip that we can give you you never know how how bad it could be in a different area from when the journey starts uh, so a route that um, has a lot of cars going back and forth are more clearer so if you put in your sat nav to avoid a roads something like that that could be instrumental service the engine or have a car that is recently serviced to avoid breakdowns, which obviously lead into stra- uh, being stranded. Um, obviously, your car breaking down isn't anything to do with the snow, but with it being cold and your car's broken down, obviously the heater then doesn't work, and you know you're in shit creek without a paddle. So make sure your car's in tip-top shape in- for the winter. Ensure the car has as much fuel and oil as possible. 
uh, moving on, not as much oil as possible, but to clear the fuel. Um, again, to avoid being stranded and to help you to make sure that you're in so you can survive a traffic jam caused by delays because of the weather. I know I've mentioned babies or small children earlier, but try to avoid traveling with them unless it's absolutely essential. Obviously, a lot of people do a lot of traveling over Christmas to see family in different areas. Um, and sometimes taking the children with you is essential in those cases. But if it's snowy out there and you go to the supermarket, do you absolutely have to take your children with you? Could your partner stay at home to take care of the children while you do the shop? Something like that. There's no need for them to be stranded with you. And if you are a parent, you know, a single parent with multiple children, being having them in the back can improve the stress. We've got somewhat of a related blog post on this uh, to do with um, children. It's called um, Baby Driver. Um, that you know, we looked at a study of the impact of having children in your car and how much that impacts your drive. Add snow on top. That's a really stressful drive. And lastly, and possibly it shouldn't have been on the top, but pack snow clearing tools such as shovels and rock salt in case you really do get stuck in. No one should treat driving in extreme weather as a challenge, especially if you believe the myth that we've tackled recently about four-wheel driving better than the snow. I won't go into that now because I've already done it in a separate blog post, but it's not true. Driving with visible snow on the ground increases the likelihood of an accident astronomically, so bear that in mind. Right, so now that we're prepared for the essential journey um, out into the roads where there is snow, slush, possibility of ice, possibly even black ice, but now you've found yourself in some trouble in the snow and ice with a car, then slowly stop, unless you've been forced to stop, and just don't panic. Panicking leads to bad decisions and making the situation worse. Remaining calm in extreme weather is difficult, I, I get that, but it can go a long way. Check the situation around you and the cause of being stuck. Probably snow, let's face it. Is the car in any danger of sliding into a life-threatening situation, such as a steep hill or even a cliff? Are you on the verge of like a road where there's a bit of a ditch and if it goes any further, it could go further into the ditch and then you're into some real pain. So that's why it's important to just take stock of the situation that you're in and then we can find a way out. First thing to do is to clear the snow and ice from around the car. The reason why snow and ice is so deadly is that it drastically reduces the traction the tyres have with road. Our next goal is to improve that traction and contact between the rubber and the asphalt. You can use a snow shovel to begin clearing a potential path for the wheels to take, back, take you back to safety. It's also advisable to let out some air from the tyres but only enough so it's not visibly flat. Uh, taking the air out of the tyres can increase the surface area between the tyre uh, and the road and that can make or break uh, whether you can get out easily or not. Don't forget to also clear snow away from the tailpipe uh, or the exhaust if there's a blockage and the fumes can creep back into the car which can cause all sorts of problems. Clear as much snow as ice as you possibly can. If there's still a lot in the general area you can find yourself right back in the same situation just a little further away. If you don't have a snow shovel, you can also use tools like a screwdriver. You can use ice scrapers, or in the worst case scenario, you can use your bare hands. But the thing about using your bare hands, and most people can relate to this, if you go out in the cold without any gloves, your, your hands start to get really cold, and then your motor skills start to struggle. You can start struggling to make fists. Your grip isn't as good. And later on, during the situation, you may really need as much grip in your hands as you possibly can.
Whatever you do, do not use antifreeze or de-icer to clear the snow on the floor, as this can cause devastation to the ground and to any wildlife living in the area. It may be tempting to do it, thinking, you know, of yourself, but especially if you're out in something like that, it can, it can really hamper the environment around. Okay, so let's get that car out of the snow. So you've cleared a path around the tyres and found an, uh, that the area is safe, it's time to get the car out. Start by turning off traction control, which obviously the, the goal is with traction control to stop the car from spinning, but spinning could potentially be helpful in this situation. Um, and it may help out. So turn that off so that you, it, it's not inhibiting your ability. The trick now is to make sure that the tyres do not spin though, and to do that, keep the revs as low as you possibly can and exercise some professional clutch control discipline. Keep the car at the lowest gear possible. This is so that it doesn't spin. Slowly get the vehicle towards the direction you want to go and be patient. If you start to find it, uh, start to move, just keep the speed the same. Don't get overexcited and accelerate some more, put the foot down. That will cause some problems. And don't depress hard. Try pumping them um, if you find it, if you do find yourself going faster than you'd like. Switching from drive to reverse and rocking your car back and forth can help dislodge some slush from the tyres and help create some distance to gain a decent level of speed. However, caution must be taken that this isn't abused as there is a risk of harm to the gearbox of the vehicle um, if you go from first to reverse too quickly. To mitigate the risk, Try to only change gears when the car has completely stopped and stay neutral for a short period of time between gear changes. Don't push too hard. It's all about taking your time. It's customary for others to have pushed the car if you're lucky to be with passengers that are able to do it. And that can help immensely, but caution does need to be taken in that case. Now those pushing don't get into trouble themselves and potentially get hit by the car if it gains speed quickly that they didn't really uh, didn't prepare for. If you still don't seem to be getting anywhere, <clears throat> let's try to improve the traction even more. Why not throw some dry and grippy materials under the tyres, such as rock salt, sand and dirt. If you're on, uh, if there's some dirt on the verges of the road you're on, you can get some mud, chuck it underneath all four of the tyres, and that can help create some traction between the tyres and the road, because obviously mud is grippier than the ice and the slush that you're in. Appreciate though, <clears throat> that isn't always all possible. And not everyone thinks about packing sand in their car, but still, I revert back to the beginning where I said, you know, prepare for snow in, in advance. Um, here's a couple of other items, though, that you can use. The car's own floor mats is something that people don't think about. Most cars do have floor mats, and if, you put, if you've got two of them, you can put them near the, uh, the tyres that are actually... If you've got front-wheel drive, put them in the front, rear-wheel drive, put them in the back. If you've got four-wheel drive, I suppose, you can put it in near the car that has the most likely... Uh, the, the tyres that are closer to the road to getting yourself out of there. And it depends uh, if your car is on a completely flat surface or is uh, pointing downwards. The tyres that are um, the most useful in this situation where you put the floor mats down. Cardboard, my friend's got them, but still, if you do, do have them. Kitty litter, do you have some in the boot? Chuck that down. Pieces of flat, flat wood, put it down there. Most people have got some kind of rubbish in their boot. See what you've got there that is at, at all helpful. Um, but most people probably have floor mats if they're absolutely desperate. If you've remembered to pack snow chains, now's the time to put them on. But you will probably need a jack and a solid surface to lift the car up and put them on. But they should make a significant difference uh, to traction. And honestly, that is pretty much all the tips that it is possible to be there. We've by no means 
said that being stuck in the snow is an easy way to get out. And all of these tips are just, just to, to help. Um, if you follow them, they will probably help your chances to get out, but by no means guarantee them. Um, but obviously, we're not a, we're not the AA or the RAC or whatever that. So, you know, take our advice with a, with a pinch of salt, rock salt, if you've got some, um, and just, just try your best. But don't absolutely push it. If you've really tried and it's not getting anywhere, it's probably time to just, you know, give up and call someone to help you out. Um, so it really, if it's looking like an impossible task to get out, it's time to consider whether you're able to get out yourself or need the help of a recovery service. If you can, great, but if you can't, you need to figure out who you're going to call. Have you got a membership with the AA, RAC, Green Flag or any other mainstream ones? Check them out. But if you're in the local area, try a local recovery uh, team because they'll probably get to you quicker. This is where the priority comes out to deal with the weight. If you've packed your blankets, you've got some food, then you should be comfortable enough to be able to wait for them. Because chances are, if you're in a situation where you need to call for some help to get you out of the situation, uh, get you out of the snow, other people in your local area are probably there. So there's going to probably going to be a delay with them getting to you because of the weather. So just sit tight, get the tablet out for the kids to entertain them, get your thermos flask out, put the radio on, and try to make the most of a really bad situation. That's all we can say. You've tried your best, and putting the brakes on your journey may not be the worst thing in this situation. If you're already late for work, you know, just call them in and say, look, I'm stuck, I can't get out, I've done everything that I can, I'm really sorry, but, you know, I'm not going to push it anymore. I can't put my own life at risk just for the sake of getting there on time. So, you need to decide what to do next. Um, if you manage to get yourself out, ask yourself if it's worth continuing the journey or to turn back to where you came from. So, even if you've managed to get yourself out of the snow, you could find yourself back in that same situation five minutes later down another road. Is it worth just turning around and curtain your losses? But if you feel that the roads ahead are significantly going to be easy and the problems are behind you, then if you feel confident, may as well carry on. So, to, to conclude, really, driving in the snow and finding yourself stuck in snow should be avoided unless absolutely essential. That being said, with a little bit of patience and a plan, you can get the car out and back to safety. So, we're going to move on now to the q and I've got a couple here. Um, so the first question is, uh, and we should have, I can't believe it's taken so long for us to receive this question, but is, do you help people with bad credit? Honestly, the easiest answer is no. Um, and the reason for that is, well, we aren't a finance company. So if someone's got bad credit, it, we don't make the decision the finance company does. But because our finance companies are heavily regulated, and with it, with good reason, um, in general, if someone is known and already knows that they've got bad credit, it's probably not something that we can help. Now, the, the reason for that isn't because we don't want to help people lease a car. It's because, and, and we believe in the finance company's uh, rationale behind it, is if you've got bad credit, our advice, or, or rather, our opinion is, you should really focus on try to turn your credit file around and get yourself from bad credit to good credit. If you've already got bad credit, our advice is to not take any more finance out because if you found yourself already struggling with the amount of credit that you've got, adding more credit on top is only going to make your life harder. And the effect of obviously bad credit and being behind on payments is absolutely devastating to your own personal life. Later down the line, you may really need credit for a, for a legitimate and good reason, such as a mortgage. Um, 
And if you've got bad credit, you may find yourself not being able to get a mortgage, not being able to get on the property either. And that's an example. If, if Honestly, if, if you've got bad credit, then in our opinion, leasing a brand new car is not the wisest thing that you could probably do because you're only going to make your own situation worse. So obviously the blanket answer is if you've got if you know that you've got bad credit and a poor history of paying back obviously finance agreements then it's unlikely that our finance companies are going to accept you and applying for more finance is only going to get make your credit file worse. But we do have a couple of guides of what you can do to find out what where do you stand with your credit and how to improve it that we would really recommend you take and read obviously there are independent websites out there um, so that's pretty much our recommendation Jason from Manchester asks if you can have custom terms on a lease and by custom terms Jason was specifically asked can you have a year and a half as an example now the answer to this question is yes but there's a bit of a caveat not every finance company can do that and if anything, the finance companies that do are ones that aren't used that many, and by that I mean they're quite niche. They lease specific brands and so on. Yes, you can, but it's only on specific cars. But in general, the mainstream leasing companies and leasing finance companies that we work with offer two, three, four, five years, and with initial payments rates ranging from one initial payment, which is essentially no deposit, all the way up to 12 um, which is somewhat customizable, but not to the level that Jason was asking for. So yes is the answer, but we don't do them that often. And the chances are, if you want it to be um, like a really custom deal, the like it is, it's not going to be on the car that you're probably after and it's generally not the special offers that we've got on right now before i hand over to chris to go through the deals of the week i'm just going to read some of the latest uh, vehicle reviews that we've got i'm going to start at the top at the time of recording uh, pamela kia who's leased a, a 125 sti nav ecoboost focus active and uh, she says uh, hold on a minute uh, love the focus active as it's the best of both worlds. The new Focus is so much better than the last one and the best car I thought in my budget range. We would have liked uh, to have been able to get full leather for cheaper as I have dogs and the smell seeps into the cloth. Also a bit daft to give me nav when Apple CarPlay already has it, but it was part of the deal overall. I have no complaints as it's a great car for how much I'm paying. We'll probably get another when the husband's up for renewal in a few months. I chose my tag blue and ST-Line. And to be honest with you, uh, I have a Fiesta uh, that has nav and i completely agree with you there pamela about the nav it does have built-in nav but i use apple carplay that has google maps as an app i've never used um the, the fiesta's nav and it's a bit of a waste putting it on there but to be fair not everyone has carplay but it's quite rare for people to not have either an, an iphone or an android device to be honest with you um so do you know what? Is that a bloody blog post in the making? Possibly, yeah. Um, we'd love to know other people's thoughts on people who have cars with built-in navs, um, and they but they use CarPlay. Do you also find it a bit of a waste? Could these manufacturers not offer it to and just reduce the price of the car? But to be honest with it, that feature probably only adds maybe a pound a month, so maybe not. But I think I'll put that to uh, our listeners to be give me some feedback. I've only got my own experience anyway. Uh, next up is Nancy McQueen, who leased a Galaxy, and this is a whopper of a car, this, a 190 Titanium Lux Pack Auto. 
uh, Nancy says, it's not the most beautiful car in the world, I know, but it certainly does what it's told to. If you're used to having big cars or have a big family and are looking to upgrade, then I couldn't recommend the Galaxy enough. And to be fair, the Galaxy is a big, a bit of a niche car. It is enormous. At, uh, is it five or seven seats? Um, Chris, five or seven seats, the Galaxy? I think it's a seven seat, yeah. I think it's a seven-seater. Obviously, we can check these and then pause and then edit, but, you know, prefer the podcast to be as organic as possible. Uh, Chris is just Googling uh, that dead quick now. But, yeah, the Galaxy is absolutely at the top end. Yeah, I said it's a seven-seater. It's a seven-seater. Thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, the Galaxy is absolutely the top end of the Ford range if you don't class the crossovers as, and, and I suppose, the Mustang. It is big and it's expensive. And this is a really nice car. So thanks very much for the review on that car, Nancy McQueen. Uh, the next one I'm going to do, and probably the last one I'm just going to mention here, is uh, a recent deal we've got, and Chris is probably going to uh, mention this in, in a short while, is the Polo 1 litre TSI SE we've got. Uh, Suchinda Core reviewed this. The Polo I ordered is such a fabulous and modern car. Had the Polo diesel match before and never had any complaints. Pretty much the same car, just a more, uh, more modern and greater economy. Another two miles per gallon from the same engine, essentially. I would really recommend the Polo any day. A nice bonus to have, sorry, a nice bonus not to have the documentation fee to pay because of the Black Friday deal we've got as well. Really handy having the renewal date at this time every three years. Thanks, Dr. Car. And has Dr. Core here exposed uh, a best time to lease and possibly, yeah, the best time to lease arguably could be Black Friday every deal because chances are we're going to have something on every Black Friday and if not us, one of our competitors uh, will have some kind of a Black Friday deal. So yeah, this is actually one of the best times to lease uh, because of that. But again, uh, Black Friday is only going to have usually a blanket deal and rarely they're going to be specific cars. So again, it does bring up the whole thing of if you're looking for a specific car, say the A3 or something like that, it may not necessarily be on offer on Black Friday, but something or everything will be on some kind of a discount. But anyway, they are the latest reviews we've got. I've gone through the, the uh, listener questions. Keep them coming in. Um, and I'm just going to hand over to Chris now. So that is my bit done on this podcast. Thanks very much for listening. And especially um, recently where we've had a massive and I mean significant surge in listeners. So thanks very much for supporting this podcast. Again, it is the UK's only car leasing podcast. So if you are looking for one, where else are you going to go? Uh, but again, thanks very much for the support. It is very much appreciated. And we know from the feedback, people really do listen to it. So thanks very much. And I'm just going to hand you over to now to Mr. Deal, Mr. Moneyman, Chris Taylor. Thanks very much. Cheers, Ronnie. So this week, I've got three deals for you. And I'm going to say them in price ascending order. So starting with the cheapest one. We've just announced the deal on the Volkswagen Polo. It's a 1 litre TSI 95 brake horsepower SE, and that starts from £163 a month with a £1,475 deposit. Uh, next up is the Nissan Qashqai. That starts from £192 a month with a £1,730 deposit, and that's the Ascenta Premium spec. And lastly, we have a new A-Class to join our range of A-Class deals, and that's the A200 AMG line manual. That starts from £222 a month and has a £2,000 deposit. So those are the rest of deals this week. Keep an eye out for next week as well, but obviously while it's Black Friday, you can take advantage of uh, no processing fee. So that saves you about £240. Uh, so the time to lease is now, really. So thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We'll see you in the next one.